Well, welcome to the Church Office Podcast. My name's Gavin Smith, and if you're joining us on video, then here's a little wave. I'm excited to have Nigel Ring join us. I've never actually heard the word wicked and accountant <laughs> put in the same sentence. Well, welcome to the Church Office Podcast. My name is Gavin Smith, and it's a joy to welcome you today. If you're joining us on video, then hello and welcome. We've got a very special guest today, Terry Virgo. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Gavin. It's a joy to be with you. It's lovely to have you. And uh, you might be thinking, why have we got Terry Virgo on a church administration, church management podcast? Well, we love talking to pastors and we love the work of ministry behind the scenes and supporting pastors to do what God's called them to do. And so I'm really excited to get Terry's perspective and to, of course, you've heard Nigel Ring on the podcast before. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to having you here, mate. And uh, yeah, thank you for your timing, having us in your home. Um, Nigel Ring is a big fan of ours on the podcast and Nigel shared a little bit about his experience with you. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with Nigel and how it started and, and how you guys work together. Yes, yeah, certainly. Well, Nigel's been very special to me for decades now, yeah. a very dear friend. When I first met him, he simply invited me to his home yeah. to speak at a house fellowship and I started going regularly and got to know him. And then we, as a movement, were growing and uh, hosted a Bible week. That was yeah. a summer camp at a local racetrack yeah. uh, where we had a, a circus tent, thousands of chairs yeah. and loads and stuff to, to do, which was way beyond yeah. my skill and ability. So when we first were invited to host such a thing, I thought, how on earth do I do that? <laughs> and I'd met Nigel, who... I was a godly man. His yeah. character was uh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and he was very meticulous. Yeah. And uh, he worked at Chaley Heritage, where he worked with uh, children who, because of thalidomide, mm. had lost limbs. Mm. A very compassionate mm. ministry. But he'd been promoted and promoted until he kind of ran the thing rather yeah, yeah. than doing the technical work, which he yeah. really loved doing. Yeah. And uh, I realized he had skill to oversee something. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, would you become yeah. my administrator? I think this whole thing's going to grow. Yeah. It's going to get out of my control completely. Would you become full time? Yeah. And to my delight, he said, I've always known that I would one day be full time yeah. serving God. I felt yeah. God spoke to me as a young man, I think. Yeah. Um, and so that's how it started. And uh, we didn't know one another terribly well. But I knew he was godly. I knew yeah. he was uh, a willing guy. He, from the beginning, made it very clear he would happily follow yeah. the vision that was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in my heart. But he would make it happen. And so you have worked with Nigel for, what, probably 50 years now? Yeah, something it? like that. Uh, Maybe 40, you, yeah. 40 to 50 years. And, and Nigel became part of your team in New Frontiers. And, and did his work go extend beyond that then after doing the kind of initial Bible weeks? Did he help to sort of develop and bring some structure, I guess, to New Frontiers? Yes, I think that uh, I was in a small town called Seaford, uh, which is about 30 miles to the east of Brighton. And there came a moment when God called me to move to Brighton. It was very clear. Yeah. And it was at that time I, I felt the Bible Weeks were just starting. I think we'd already done one when I was still in Seaford. And I just felt this whole thing's going to grow. Yeah. And I, I moved to Brighton myself. Yeah. And I asked Nigel, would you move to Brighton yeah. 
and uh, join me. Yeah. And he moved to within, I don't know, half a mile of where I was living. Yeah. And so we were very close from the beginning. Yeah, I love that. Nigel, when we interviewed him, um, he had some lovely stories of one of the things that he um, was one of his passions was to enable you to do what God had called you to do. And uh, he often talks about trying to protect your desk and stop things coming on your desk, but also then taking things away and being able to serve. How does that, how did that help you to do what you've done and establish, you know, the network that you've done, the, the huge churches? Yes, I mean, he was such a help and obviously had his own team, mm -hmm. um, gradually secretaries and so on. At one time when we first started, we shared secretary, a little pool of secretaries yeah. and typists gradually took on more shape. Uh, but I, I, the whole thing grew over years. When yeah, I invited yeah. him, we would have been working with perhaps... 20 churches yeah. and a small Bible week. Yeah. Uh, but by the time we concluded, there were hundreds of churches around yeah. the world yeah. and uh, the massive Stonely Bible week with yeah. 30,000. So the whole thing grew. grew we grew, grew in grew. it together. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, Nigel, I remember in the very early days, uh, we were in Brighton. And what I, one day I came into my office and there was the literature from the Brighton Conference Centre, uh, yeah. which yeah. was, a, I mean, a huge building, seats 5,000. And I, and, and I said, what, what's this doing here? And uh, he said, you prayed last week yeah. uh, that one day we'd use that centre. I said, yeah. He said, well, I thought you would like to know about it. So <laughs> on the strength of my praying about it, yeah. he had gone down there and got their magazine, their literature and all the how you book it and so on. Yeah. So he was always thinking, he's not, I didn't ever have to feel he's independent. I've got to pull him back. Yeah. I felt, no, he just wants to, this to happen. What I'm living yeah. with, praying about, believing for, he's going to help make that happen. Yeah. That was the wonderful blessing. Yeah. There's that kind of enabling thing and, and all of that comes through with Nigel, isn't it? How does, mm. does he enable things to mm. happen? How does he mobilize things to go forward? And, and I, I love that. Um, Nigel talks about one of the things he loved was being in a prayer meeting with mm. you and, and your, your example Nigel shared and I think it was, was it John Wimber that was coming over to do a conference mm. in Brighton and, and you've been praying about this, you know, the Brighton Centre and wanting to gather leaders together and, and he, he just talks about, um, and, it, and it meant a lot to me, he just talks about being in the room with you, hearing you pray and then being able to go, where can I serve Terry in the things that he's got on his mind or the things that he's hoping for. Um, yeah, he, he loved that part of that ministry. And, um, and I wonder whether there are the pastors who maybe don't include people who are doing the kind of operational stuff and practical stuff in those times, but that they certainly made a difference for Nigel. Yeah, I think that's a huge point, excellent point, that uh, it wasn't that like the leaders would get together and I'd come out of that meeting and say, here's a list of things for you, yeah, Nigel. Yeah. He was right in the heart of everything. Yeah. And at the church, he became an elder. But I would say not doing a lot of pastoral eldering. Yeah. He was administrative, but he was in. He could hear the heartbeat yeah. and represented the heartbeat. He wasn't sort of issued with a list of his stuff to do. He could hear where we were, what we were living yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. And he would be yeah. often, as it were, one step ahead, like the one I've just yeah, mentioned, yeah. Uh, thinking things through. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, he does talk about those those times. And so if you're listening to this and, and you're a pastor and you've got um, people either in a voluntary or part-time way that are serving you in kind of admin administration, 
you know, include them in your times of prayer, include them in your times of planning, because mm. they can they can hear things and be aware of things that that actually they might have gifting to move things forward Absolutely. in a way that actually you might not have the time to do. Um, and Nigel talks about this kind of liberating role of you know liberating pastors from from doing lots of tasks. Um, tell us a little bit about some of that as as the church grew, as it got bigger and bigger. What kind of things did Nigel get involved in? Well, did he, he he. I mean, for us, he was working administratively to me in the wider world rather yeah. than the local church, and so obviously, as things grew, you need people. Uh, handling various aspects and yeah. one of the things we did not want in the, the growing new frontiers world was to have a kind of central church mm -hmm. we were wanting to have like a, a, a group of churches on yeah. the move together yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, as we thought about it we felt more like an armada was the yeah, phrase yeah, we came yeah. up then yeah. we joked because uh, we remember what happened to the armada <laughs> yeah. and so it was about the time of Falklands and there was a task force yeah. And we thought of that principle, yeah, there was a ship that the Admiral was in. Yeah. The, 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 the ship had its own captain, but it happened that I was in the Brighton Church. But if you like, I was Admiral of the whole mm. advancing fleet. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've, certain subjects would come up, like somebody had a prophetic word about people's golden years, older people, yeah. Yeah. and uh, serving them and doing maybe conferences yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. So Nigel considered hey, who who would be good to head that up yeah and uh, there was a brother who i think maybe it was the one who had the prophecy and was in a, a good church he said would you host that conference yeah yeah and then there was uh, that we we had children's things happening and uh, there was a church where there was a very gifted um, children's worker yeah now would you head that up and then we yeah. were beginning to get our training program for pastors yeah and actually, I, I knew the guy who I felt could do it, but it needed a team, yeah. needed to be the administration that would be funding for that. Yeah. I never needed to get involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Nigel would say, no, what, what would be your funding? Yeah. How can we help yeah. you? But we, we don't want to pull that into our Brighton church. Let you, you as a church, make that your baby, what you do for us. Yeah. Like uh, in a task force, you might have a, an aircraft carrier, you might have a, a mine destroyer. You might have all sorts of yeah, different yeah, yeah. ships yeah. that have different roles, but they're part of the fleet. Yeah, part of so this church, that church, we, we, we spread the sphere of responsibility. Yeah. But he would look after that. And then when we were church planting, mm -hmm. um, we, we wanted to be together in it. So we said to someone, I'm going to plant a church. Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously fellowship that through to help that plant. Uh, and we would say to them, right, and Nigel would handle all this. Mm -hmm. um, what will be uh, your budget? Mm -hmm. How much will it cost you? Mm -hmm. How much do you think you will raise yeah, from yeah. the people? Yeah. You know, your, your salary, your this and this, yeah. all, the, all the things that, but that's your budget. That's yeah. how much it's going to cost. That's how much yeah. you will raise from the center. We yeah. will supply 100% yeah. the rest yeah. for, for one year. Yeah. Second year will provide fifty percent, yeah, and then third year you're floating. Yeah, yeah. If you're not, come back and ask. Yeah. And uh, so Nigel would oversee all that. Yeah. He would do the interviewing, uh, sort it all through, so we could help churches get started. Yeah. With the funding they needed. Yeah. Um, which would usually be a two-year program, and by the third year they're usually up and running. Yeah. Uh, 
So, but Nigel, I never got involved. Yeah, yeah. You didn't that have was to. our vision. We shared yeah. that vision. He made yeah. it happen. Yeah. yeah, I love that. I love the fact that he's brought structure, budgeting, finance, and, and sometimes these are the areas that don't get always get talked about or supported, do they, in church yeah. plants? It's, um, yeah, we're going to go here, we're going to do this, and, and yeah, there's a whole lot of work that happens behind the scenes. Yes, and absolutely. really, Nigel just covered all of that and, and worked that through with the team. And he would be looking for who, who will be the administrative guy with you in yeah. that, who yeah. can help sort that, because yeah. often it's the pastor, the visionary yeah. leader, yeah. kind of prophetic yeah. guy wants to do it. Yeah. And uh, he would try and help them. Who, who's going to help you with this? Who's going to yeah. be sorting that with you? Yeah. And it's good, isn't it? I think, um, you know, Pete talks, Pete's always had a, a church administrator in, in his place, and he said it, it would come out of a kind of realisation of actually, I've got weaknesses and I need people's help. And, and he's been very good at building a team with different people to himself. Um, and you've obviously built teams at all different levels from, from being in Brighton to, you know, you, 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 New Frontiers in the UK and then the global team. Give us a little bit of wisdom about how you build teams and, you know, yeah. character is something that you've already yeah. talked about, which is so important and, and love for God. But what else, you know, help us here. Uh, yeah, I, I love the word team. Yeah. Uh, you won't find it in the Bible, yeah. which makes me a little cautious. And I've sometimes taught <laughs> yeah. and said, look, yeah. be careful yeah. that you don't make team the word mm -hmm. and then use an illustration from cricket or yeah, yeah, yeah. rugby or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And say, this is how, yeah. you, wait a minute, there's a little principle there that's not very biblical. Yeah. So yeah. you just have to be a little cautious. Yeah. But I think team is a great thing. Yeah. And uh, I loved the privilege of leading teams. Mm -hmm. I think you do need a team leader. Yeah. I've, I've known churches where they say, oh, no, there's just plurality. There's no leader. I honestly don't think it works. Okay. I think there needs to be a team leader. And then in the structuring of a team, you're hugely blessed mm -hmm. if you've got diverse gifting. Yeah. So in the church at Brighton, um, we had a, a full-time evangelist, yeah. a guy called Mike Springer. And we'd be talking about the subject uh, Maybe, you know, you have a team meeting yeah, like yeah, last yeah. day or whatever. Yeah. And, and suddenly, what about the lost? You know, suddenly <laughs> there come this voice. Yeah. Uh, say, well, are you guys talking? Yeah, what about? Yeah, and it was yeah. such a blessing to have yeah. uh, in your ranks that diverse gifting yeah, yeah. Uh, where, you know, that burden gets heard. Yeah. And it's not thinking this is our duty. We ought to think about that as well. There's a gifted guy yeah. who comes through. So, and, and, and some administrative stuff, you know, he would get bored with that anyway. But we yeah. want to do a lot of it all together. Yeah. So we hear those different gifts yeah. coming through. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's valuable. I think another thing about team is openness and, and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. So I think a team leader who is not vulnerable, um, who has no needs because he's all able, yeah. it doesn't give strength to the team. Mm -hmm. So... I would be very open about my need. I, I yeah. couldn't do this without you. Yeah. Oh, well done, that's terrific. It's yeah. not like I have to have all the answers because yeah, I'm the yeah, team yeah, leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only valid yeah. if I said it. Yeah. That is a killer. Yeah. So, you know, oh, that's great. That's a wonderful thing. Let's do that. You can affirm mm -hmm. and, and say, this is so-and-so's idea. Yeah. Talk about it publicly. This brother came up with this. And yeah. so you're really honoring the team. And... Uh, I think also, I don't. I didn't want a room where there's certain subjects you better not raise 
because he doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want I want openness. Yeah. So, and so you can ask anything in the room or challenge anything, because to be honest, if you can't challenge it in the room, you'll challenge it in the corridor with your yeah. friend. Yeah. So that when that came up, did you yeah. agree? No, I didn't agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't say it in the room, so you yeah. say it in the corridor. Yeah. So you've got problems. Yeah. But if you can say anything in the room, you can yeah. challenge anything. Then we know. We know. Well, I didn't. I don't feel happy with it. Well, let's hear it in the room. Yeah. Because, uh, and also, if you're in a church eldership, and this is what the eldership is saying, mm -hmm. and then the guy goes to maybe talk to some of his house group leaders. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, why are we doing this? And you say, I don't know why we're doing it, but then we have to do it. Yeah. Uh, so you've, you've got pockets of unhappiness. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if everything can come out, yeah. then we can talk it yeah. all through and give the reasons and hear one another through. So you remain a very united team. Yeah. That's the word team I love. And uh, the various giftings come through, but you, you speak corporately. Yeah. And when you go, this is what we've we've come yeah. up with. This is what yeah. God's saying to us. So I think team fellowship. That's why I think men of caliber. When I met Nigel, he was obviously a, a godly man. I, mm. I no question, he's a man of real integrity. Yeah. I knew I could trust him. Yeah. I knew if, I'd never feel he might go off with a different different thing. And uh, yeah. I always feel I love the way Paul says, I, "I'm sending Timothy." Uh, he's my son, and uh, he's worked with me like a son with the yeah. father. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that. And I was doing a study on that once, and I, I was writing it down, and I suddenly thought, oh, wow, that's what, that's what God could say. I'm sending my son. Mm. Mm. And, uh, you know, if Jesus wasn't doing the father's will, the whole yeah. thing breaks down. Yeah. And so the more relational, the more father, son, real brothers together, yeah. That the, then the center is strong, and you you can stay as a local church. Mm -hmm. You can handle storms on the edge, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I don't want yeah. even a crack in the center. Yeah. I want yeah. uni unity of heart. Yes, we're all in this thing together. We'll handle the storms. Yeah, but I don't want a storm in this room. I want us to be ever so open together. Yeah. I, l I love that. And people talk about different team rhythms and stuff. I mean, your example and, and your style of leadership would have affected the teams that you, that you led. Um, were there any, what did you guys do as a team together? Were there some regular times of, of prayer, planning, retreats? How did you structure that to make yeah. that work? We prayed a lot together. I think it's been, it's funny when I first left Bible college mm -hmm. and became the pastor of a, a, an existing, well, a church that was just getting started. And there were, I think, four elders. And uh, I realized we were kind of comparative strangers. And uh, if you, I felt then, if you just meet over an agenda, mm -hmm. you're gonna have different views. Yeah. You know, should the carpet be green or brown? You know, <laughs> it's silly, yeah. silly things, yeah. whatever. And I, I thought, it's so important that we're friends first. Yeah. So I actually said, let's, can we every, well, I, th I think we were meeting every week, maybe every other week. Can we meet in different brothers' homes and mm. have a meal first? Mm. Mm. So that's the way we did our mm. elders' meetings. We yeah. we met in this guy's home. We had our meal, and then fellowship. And then we come onto our agenda, and then your home. Then we went round, and I think you you're already having fun, laughing, yes. chatting about all sorts of subjects. Yeah. And then and then come with the agenda. Yeah. Now we may have differences. Or, well, should we do this or that? Yeah. But it. 
relationship had begun to grow over the meal mm -hmm. in different people's homes, saying hi to his wife, yeah. a different atmosphere. Yeah. And so for us, it helped us to get to know one another. And then I think, I think uh, in the church and in the groups, prayer has been a big emphasis yeah. for us. And I think, I think when you hear your brother pray, you hear his heart, yeah. unless we're professional prayers, yeah. which I hate. <laughs> Uh, you know, you pray from the yeah. heart, you hear your brother's longings. Yeah. And I think you get closer in prayer together than any other way. Yeah. So we've done a lot of praying together. Yeah. I, I love your emphasis on um, relationship. And, and, and I guess that's what I've experienced on our team. Mm. And, and not, if you're a pastor on your own, um, yes. who's trying to build a team. And, yes. and you know, I, I love that takeaway from this is saying, actually, friendship is huge yes. and spending time relationally together in each other's homes mm. over a meal praying together and then planning together and doing stuff together yes. is is lovely and yeah mm. it's it, it's not necessarily the way now is it it's there's a there's strategic retreats and there's all these outcomes that we want and these plans and 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 lots of people have taken it to new levels which i guess is introducing some of the things that that might be in the business world that right. have come into right. to that and and it's refreshing to hear to hear that and see. And yeah, I think, I think we've been a values-driven movement rather than a brilliant strategy movement. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we've been brilliant on strategy. I feel God's opened doors. Yeah. I think we're happier. Now this is the way. These are the values we hold. I think that's been uppermost with our thinking, and to pray together would be one of those yeah. important values for yeah. us. And so I think family rather than business. Yeah. Is absolutely crucial. Yeah. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that a lot of Christian leadership magazines these yeah. days are more and more about methodology, yeah. business style, five-year yeah. plan, yeah. Uh, less and less on spiritual things. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sad about that because yeah, we're essentially yeah. shepherds yeah. with a flock uh, yeah. rather than businessmen with a business. Yeah. Yeah, Pete often jokes about he, you know, people ask him what his strategy was, and he says he he has no strategy. <laughs> you know, God, he 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 looks out to see where there's grace at work, and yeah. he and he gets involved in it and celebrates it and enjoys it and and builds and and um, yeah, it's very yeah, different. Absolutely. And, and and Pete would have the same kind of relationships, and and so that's if that's helpful to to listeners who are thinking, right, I'm I'm in a point where I'm ready to build a team in our church. What am I looking for? then we're looking at people's character, we're looking at people's love for the church, for the gospel, mm. um, that same heart, that same um, yeah. vision and, and mission to move forward together, isn't it? And, and those things are worth more than just being an, an excellent manager or an excellent administrator or something like that. It, it's, it's broader and I, I love that. Um, in terms of um, moving forward, and is there anything that you would, looking back at your your history and being involved in New Frontiers and, and leading that. It, for pastors now, is there anything that you would look at and go, I'd do that differently um, when it comes to sort of recruiting staff, thinking about the church teams, all of those aspects? One of the things I think when we began to find guys taking responsibility in a certain geographical region, that's how mm -hmm. we began. Yeah. Well, that's how we, a certain phase we went through. Look, there's five or six churches in your area can you help? Can you uh, help oversee them? Mm. And I think what we tended to do for a while was every time we asked someone, would you take responsibility for that mm. region? Mm. 
we then pulled them onto the team. Yeah. And that, and what happened was the team got too big. Yeah. Yeah. Because we got guys here, guys there, and, yeah. and they're really doing a super job for us uh, and with us. Uh, but if you make them part of what was the team that was making all the major decisions, which mm -hmm. uh, it's quite a widespread area of decision making mm -hmm. internationally, uh, uh, in terms of philosophy, in terms of theology, yeah. in terms of Bible weeks, whatever, you know. And, and you needed for decision making a yeah. smaller team. Yeah. Uh, so we at one time, our team got too big. And so I had to say to guys at one point, look, we're going to just have to change this. Yeah. Oh, thank you for all you're doing. Please continue doing that yeah. with those churches. But we need a smaller decision-making mm. team because mm. it's just too complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we had to learn. We, I, would, I would not have grown the church, the team so big uh, yeah. initially had yeah. I not uh, thought yeah. about that. What are your thoughts on... on you know, we're a big advocate for appointing a kind of operations person or church administrator. And, uh, you know, Pete and I will sit and chat saying, you know, if we have an administrator in place, then we can grow all areas of the church because it's quite a broad, wide net. Um, but a lot of people go for those kind of specific things quite early on. Have you got any advice for that or any thoughts that you've seen over, the, over your history that actually, yeah... A good uh, I, high would be to go for a number two, or, or what? What would you see? Yeah, I, I'm trying to think honestly back to see that I'm not answering uh, theoretically, but from practice, I think that I would encourage diversity um, at, at, when you're gathering someone in. So when we were planting a, a church in Mumbai, as it happened, yeah, um, we 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 had an evangelist in our ranks called Lex Lozides. I said, Lex, would you go? Would you go and be there with them for a year? Yeah. yeah. There's a pastor yeah. in place. I think if you, they can have an evangelist, it's going to yeah, really yeah, help yeah, them. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and and Lex has moved to several churches for us uh, over the years to help them get started as an yeah. evangelistic yeah. contribution yeah. to the church planting yeah, and getting great. a pool. He did the same in Eastbourne for us when we started Eastbourne. Would you go there? And after a while, it got going, and the pastor came to me and said, "I think he's helped us get started. Now yeah. I probably now need another pastor teacher. Someone else, yes, yeah. he's done yeah. that. Yeah, role. yeah. So it's yeah. not theoretical; it's actual yeah. practice. What's what's happening? What are we doing at the moment? Yeah. So I think giftedness can respond to the area of need that we're now trying yeah, to yeah. get into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, that it isn't just. Um, yeah, we need this or that, but it's actually what does the church need yeah. to go forward? And it might be for a season and it might yeah. need to change. And, and I, I guess that's the beauty of being part of a network and New Frontiers that you've got gifted people in lots of different areas like Nigel or this other chap you're saying, who you can bring in to go, actually, would you go and serve that church for a period yeah. of time to help them? Yeah. And, and, and I can see some real fruit in that. Yeah, strength There was that. a time for us when I felt as New Frontiers at this time was growing fast I think to be honest and I thought we need something we need a, a kind of a creative figure I think maybe we need a magazine I just sensed we were on the brink of fresh breakthroughs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I felt now Nigel is just unbelievably wonderful at making happen what I'm dreaming up mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I always need almost need a guy who dreams up stuff administratively yeah yeah, a complete yeah. a different gift to Nigel. Yeah. Nigel would 
try and read my mind and did it brilliantly <laughs> and make things happen that we, yeah. we together thought this is it. He, I, unbelievable. But I, th I think we need... And the guy came to see me who'd been in our church for, I think, a year and a half. And he said, may I see you? And he said, I've, I've got a, a, a fork in the road in my, my job. I could be doing this. I could be doing this. And, and the, what he described is area of gifting. And uh, uh, he, he joined the church and someone, one of the elders had said to him, I know you're a gifted guy. Just sit in the back row for a year. Just <laughs> it was very interesting counsel. And he, yeah. and he kind of said, I've been here. I've sat there. And, but I do need, I need guidance, please. Yeah. He's talking about these various spheres. And as he talked about his skill areas, I said, I'd just like to make your life more complicated. Okay. So I said, this or that? I said, it could be join us. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, another yeah. thing to do. And he became, uh, on the, came on the team yeah, with yeah, us. Yeah. And uh, edited our magazine, did all kinds of stuff that we would not have done yeah. had he not joined us. Yeah, yeah. And he was... He was one of these guys with new ideas every day. Yeah. And uh, we joked about 10 new ideas before breakfast. He came up with and uh, He lived like that. Yeah, he was. He, and he, 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 said, he said to me, the ones I really love are the ones I come to you and your first response is, over oh, my dead body. And then he said, and then we get to do it. He said, I love those. But uh, uh, he, I loved his creativity. Yeah. And I loved Nigel's meticulous attention to detail yeah and i mean they were so different these guys yeah. but they yeah. worked together brilliantly yeah and if they were both happy about something i thought well, i can't go wrong with this because <laughs> this guy's uh, this of, is cooking a kind yeah. of genius inspirational skill and nigel's brilliance at yeah. making detail. sure the detail would work yeah um i i felt very blessed to have them both i i love mm. that i love that well to finish on how to I, I love the way that you're thinking about different gifts that you're drawing that out that you're it sounds like you were always interacting with people to and, and aware of what people were doing and um how do pastors identify these people in their church and that's a hard question to answer um but yeah any advice is it is it giving a bit of responsibility and seeing how somebody gets on or is it hearing someone's passion and you just assessing that yeah or? i think all those things i think you're speaking from experience yourself and i think that all those things i remember a guy on our what we called our commitment course joining the church uh, a young as it happens a student at the university in brighton and he he was on the you know there's probably about a dozen people on our mm commitment course and I remember saying to the other elders at the end of one or two of these I said hey there's a future elder on yeah, yeah, yeah. coming into the yeah, church yeah, and, yeah. and sure enough he became an elder yeah. was an elder for years for us yeah. and uh, I think you do you discern a character love of scripture a real serving heart just mm. the way he was in the team and I think you're looking for character issues are huge absolutely yeah. huge I think they would be number one for me yeah character I invited a guy Interesting, um, when we began to grow in the Brighton Church and uh, we, were, we were meeting in one hall and we had started another congregation the other side of town mm -hmm. and I thought, what comes next? I feel we've, we've both were now full again and I was praying and I felt, I felt God spoke to me back in the 80s, mm -hmm. this was, and uh, I felt God said to me, uh, how have Liverpool dominated <laughs> the first division. I thought, a strange thing. How did they dominate? And they weren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I noticed they just brought guys. There was a guy called Ronnie Whelan came through their academy. Suddenly he's on, in the team. I thought, wow, brilliant. Who is he? And yeah. came through the academy. 
and then they lost Keegan and they went out and bought Dalglish. I thought, how oh, fascinating that. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't say it has to come through our academy. They don't yeah. mind buying in a gifted guy. And I, I was pondering all this and I really felt God spoke to me. And we went from two congregations to five. And at that time, I'd met two Baptist pastors and one of them had, had left the, the Baptist church, wanted to be more spirit-filled yeah. community, found it difficult, and was invited to be the lecturer at a Bible college and had recently said to me, uh, my wife and I are struggling with this. We're, we're pastors, really. Being lecturer at a Bible yeah. college doesn't quite fit us. Very good mm. preacher, gifted preacher. And uh, I said to him, how would you like to join us? Yeah. Oh, lovely. And, I said, and then another guy, we put on a pastor's conference. And uh, it was not very big in those days. And during the conference, he stood at one point in front of everybody, about 50 or 60 people yeah. there. And he stood and he said, I've been ruined by this conference. <laughs> and he said, um, uh, I'm fed up with being an umpire in a church. Mm. I, I've had it. I'm going to go be a milkman. Mm. And, I, and I went and saw him and chatted to him. And I said, would you like to join us? Yeah. He said, you don't know me. And I said, you're about the most transparent person I've ever met. <laughs> I know you very well. And he became, I mean, just a yeah, superb. Yeah, yeah. So we had two extremely gifted pastors. Mm. Uh, they'd been pastors for some years, very good preachers. Mm. And then we brought three of our young men who'd come yeah. through the ranks. Yeah. Uh, and so we had the five mm. guys leading congregations, uh, two of them, I mean, they rub shoulders a lot together anyway. Two very gifted preachers, yeah. three young guys coming through our ranks. Uh, and that, that's how we went on for some yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I felt God, God whispered into my heart. Yeah, yeah. How, did, yeah, how did Liverpool yeah, do it? Yeah, yeah. And, that, and uh, yeah. we, we sustained that with uh, gifted guys, young men coming through with evident gifting in yeah, themselves yeah, yeah. emerging. And uh, the yeah, com combination I, of the yeah, two. I mean, character yeah. to me is just massive. Uh, that gifting gifting is, is a great extra and we love gifting yeah. gifting makes things happen but without character you're in trouble yeah. so character that you can trust guys that work together well they're not pushy they're not striving they're comfortable in God yeah. Um, yeah. that to me has been absolutely key right. I love that. Thank mm. you so much for sharing that, and thank okay. you so much for for coming on the podcast and, okay, and promoting this and hearing a little bit about your story with Nigel. And, and we've loved, I've loved looking on, going the, the the different combination of gifting just just works brilliantly, and to see the fruit of all that you've done and your ministry uh, is is incredible. And so, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much, it's, Gavin. Uh, it's a joy to be with you. It's great. Uh, if you've got any questions that you'd like to throw past the podcast, then please get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Um, the website is full of lots of different resources to there to serve pastors, there to serve administrators. Please check them out. And if they uh, are a blessing to you, then please download them and use them. Uh, we've got 65 different podcasts of lots of different topics and subjects. And we'd love you to go back and have a listen to previous podcasts. And, and they may be of use to you of some kind. So thank you for joining us today and we'll see you again next time on the podcast. Bye.